When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Morning Show with Anthony here on 92.9 and 96.90 HM. Uh, super excited for our next guest. He's going to be uh, headlining the Mayday Music Festival, which we've been talking about for a while. Uh, Gin Blossoms, Steve Earl and the Dukes, Brian Fallon, Jesse Mallon, and a whole day's worth of music right here on Long Island. Uh, very excited to uh, welcome onto the program Robin Wilson of the Gin Blossoms. Robin, good morning, my friend. Good morning. Well, I... I didn't realize Steve Earle was on the bill at this thing. How cool is that? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that great? <laughs> I, I'm so glad we just got that reaction from you because you probably have, you guys are so road crazy busy. You probably have no idea where you're going the next day. Generally, I don't pay much attention to the calendar. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's just coincidence that I happen to live here on Long Island now. And so this weekend is the, I'm the only guy in the band that doesn't have to go to the airport and fly all the way across the country. I get to <laughs> just drive to the show in my own car, uh, which is a, a novelty that only comes around a couple of, every once every couple of years. So, uh, yeah, go figure. I live on Long Island. Wow. How weird. <laughs> is it still now i think we had you on the show like six years or so ago i don't remember much of the interview um the two things i remember was you i think you said you live in valley stream you still live in valley stream yes i do okay the other thing you said that really made me laugh hysterically was people confuse the jim blossoms with the wallflowers all the time and they think that you're bob dylan's son <laughs> yeah it's still that still happens yeah yeah but uh you know uh, what are you gonna do you know Hopefully Dylan's lawyers around the time that, you know, it's time to move some of that money around will have the same confusion. That'd be nice. <laughs> Let's keep our fingers crossed. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm playing in, uh, how do you say it? Is it, I, I believe I pronounce it Yapank. Is that correct? Yeah. Yapank. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's legitimately oh, the, weird. the worst name for a town ever. Yeah. It's not, it's not very good. It's, it's awful. <laughs> I live. I live. It's, it's really pretty out there. I'm looking forward to it. You know, where where I live, um, Nassau County, it's like just about the most densely populated place on planet Earth, and uh, it gets more and more spread out as you go east on the island. So, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. No, it's gorgeous. Yapang, Yapang is literally three minutes from where I live. And it's, you know, it's very wide open space. It's really nice. But I mean, it's the, the town name. It sounds like what it sounds like when you slow down a sneeze. Like that's what Yapang sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. All yeah. right. Well, uh, should be fun. Um, uh, does Steve Earl go on before us or after us? He Do does. You know? Yeah. No, he's on right before you guys. Awesome. You got to get him to stick awesome. around. He's, He's so great. God, God, he's so great. 
Yeah, he's really good. I, I could. It, it's crazy that you you know Brian Fallon, Jesse Mallon, you guys, Steve Earl. I mean, all for the price of one ticket. It's it's kind of crazy what they're doing. The uh, Suffolk AME guys, they're doing a really good job with this festival. Well, they clearly have a, a nice big budget for the uh, for the talent. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll put we'll put it to good use. <laughs> All right, we're looking forward to that. Uh, one thing I want to ask you, though, we didn't get to talk about, obviously, the last time you were on was like six years ago. Um, I saw uh, when Chester Bennington went out with Stone Temple Pilots after Scott Weiland died, I thought that was like one of the most wonderful things I'd ever seen. And it never really dawned on me, you know, because we all think you guys are just huge rock stars with billions of dollars in the bank. But Chester said, like, you know, STP, like these guys are musicians. They want to go play. They want to make a living. He's like, if nobody takes them out on the road, they can't do that. And I was like, wow, that's a really, it was like such a lovely thing that he said at the time. You know, fast forward all this time later, Pat Denizio passes, unfortunately, and the smithereens are left in the same situation. And you, and Marshall Crenshaw too, but you stepped in and took that role. So I wanted to ask you about that and how it came about and if you felt that that same sort of responsibility to the rest of the group. Well, uh, thanks for bringing it up. Uh, being, uh, being a part of the smithereens now is, is so cool. <laughs> God, it's so cool. They, they're, they've always been one of my favorite bands and they were a huge inspiration for not only myself, but, uh, the entire Tempe, Arizona music scene was really lit up by the smithereens. And, um, so to, to have an opportunity to sing, with them it, it's just a thrill you know it's a, if i could go back in time and tell my 19 year old self you know one day in the future you you're going to be in a band a working band you're going to write hit songs you're going to record with marshall crenshaw and don dixon and oh yeah by the way you get to front the smithereens you know it's it's really awesome and there's no way i could have predicted that my career was going to peak in 2019 <laughs> figure. Um, I, I do really, I do feel something of a responsibility. As you mentioned, uh, Marshall Crenshaw is also doing shows with the smithereens, uh, singing for them. But, um, I, I love it so much. I wish I could do more. And, um, I'm, uh, I'm just so proud to be a, a part of the band and the music is so great. It's such a consistent body of music. Oh my God, it's just so solid. Every single tune, we go out, we do like 20 songs, and every single one of them is just awesome, you know? And, uh, you know, in Gin Blossoms, we kind of, I feel like our songs, you know, we have highs and lows, and, you know, everything we do is, is pretty solid, but with the smithereens, it just seems like you, you start at 11 and you just stay there the whole show <laughs> and um it's pretty great and one thing i've also noticed is that when you uh just from my perspective when you remove songwriting from the process it's a really freeing experience you know there's like there's no baggage you know these four guys they've been together for almost 40 years and you know all of the blood that, you know, on the road behind them, I got to skip all that. And so for me, it's just doop, doopy doop. I just get to sing rock and roll and uh, I, I don't have to worry about any of the baggage. And in Jim Blossoms, it's just, you know, between the songwriting and all of the creative 
uh, efforts, you know, it, it just it makes it so much more difficult. And um, as much as I love being in the Jim Blossoms and I'm so proud of our band and I love my bandmates, there's just something really much easier about being in the smithereens. Yeah, <laughs> go figure. I know. Now I know Don Dixon produced you guys, and he produced them a bunch. Was that how you got involved, or how did you come to front the band? Well, actually, it's um, the guitar player Jim Babjack. His girlfriend is a good friend of my ex-wife, and um, when when they put together a tribute show for Pat Denizio, uh Jim's girlfriend Cindy suggested that I participate and the, the surviving smithereens all kind of shrugged and said, well, we don't know this guy. And, um, Cindy said, just trust me on this. It's going to be great. And so I showed up at the tribute show, uh, totally prepared. And at first I was only going to be singing two songs and then somebody backed out of something and they, they looked at me and they said, can you do blood and roses? And I'm like, you damn right. I can do blood and roses. You know? And then I got another, another hour went by and they're like, well, can you do behind the wall of sleep? And I'm like, yeah, you damn right. I can do behind the wall of sleep. So I ended up fronting four songs at the tribute show. I really, you know, we hit it off me and the, me and the guys. And at the end of the night, I went into their dressing room and I said, if I would love to do more shows with you guys. And, uh, I I guess they like me enough to <laughs> keep me around. So uh, that's how it happened. Uh, Jim's girlfriend, Cindy. And uh, and then I just kind of took it from there. Wow. That's really cool. Uh, Robin Wilson is with us. So the Jim Blossoms, we're talking about him uh, uh, taking over for Pat Denizio and fronting the smithereens, uh, which is a really cool thing to do. I mean, and especially, you know, being a fan of them when you were growing up in Arizona, you know, to be in front, like, it is kind of correct. Do you have those like gut check moments of like, Oh my God, how did I wind up, you know, successful band of 30 years with the blossoms. Now I'm taking out the smithereens. Do you have those look in the mirror moments uh, these days? I do, uh, you know, and uh, I'm seeing it through my son's eyes. I have a 17 year old son who's an aspiring rock and roller. And, you know, for most of his life, he was just like, oh, dad's a singer, dad's a singer. But now that he's really trying to, like, be in a band and write songs, I've, I've got all this, I'm getting all this respect. <laughs> and, um, so, yeah, there are, there are several times, uh, you know, many times over the last year, two years where, I I just kind of look up and go, wow, you know, this has really been an incredible journey. And, you know, our band has a legacy and we, we really mean something to people. You know, when you we can go anywhere in this country, just about any city and sell 500 tickets. And I'll look out in the crowd and there are people out there singing the lyrics that I wrote in my bedroom, you know, and there's there's something so cool about having been able to be a part of people's lives like that and to touch people through rock and roll. And, you know, all I ever wanted to do when I was growing up, well, not all, I, I, my life could have gone a few different directions. I was always interested in science and art, but my main passion was always rock and roll. And um, I was inspired by, you know, people like Tom Petty and bands like Cheap Trick and queen and I, the cars. And I, you know, I always just wanted to be like my heroes. And 
to sort of end up in a place where I'm a part of the same story is, is really humbling and very, very gratifying. Where is your, uh, where's your son at in the process? Is he trying to form a band? Is he writing his own songs? Where is he at? Well, he's in, he's in two different bands right now. I mean, they're, they're just doing cover songs, but uh, he's in two different bands. And then he also goes to uh, school of rock in uh, Rockville center. And um, I just built us a home recording studio. It's really cool and really beautiful. And, um, he's, he's a monster guitar player and he's really, really good. And now he can sing, he plays bass and drums and, um, uh, he hasn't started writing songs yet, but he's, he keeps asking me about how do you do it? You know, what, what's the process? And so just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about it and, uh, we went online right away and I bought him a dictionary, a thesaurus and a rhyming dictionary. And I'm like, yes, you, you need these tools on hand and you need to become a craftsman with words. You know, you need to read more books. And so uh, that's one thing I've been trying to emphasize to him. Well, I'll tell you what, when he gets into those moments of, uh, you know, arguments with bandmates or record labels trying to mess around and all that kind of stuff. You're going to really, your experience is going to really come in handy for him. Yeah. I'm just, I think I'm just going to laugh and say, you get no sympathy from me. Get back in the van. You know, you know? take your, take your cell phone and go, you know, get back in the van, you know, uh, cause you know, we did it all. Uh, this just came up in conversation a, a couple of days ago. He, uh, He's like, Dad, how did you guys find your way around before, you know, before there were iPhones? <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, we had maps, you know, we literally, you know, had an atlas that was like two inches thick in the van. And we would have to call the hotel ahead of time and, and get directions. And the first time you ever showed up in Pittsburgh or Indianapolis or whatever, you know, you you'd literally have to just pull the van over and look through the map. And figure it out. You know, we didn't have we didn't have robots telling us where to go. We we had to figure it out. And so I had to explain to him, you know, I mean, it isn't that difficult, but it's a reading a map is a skill that you had to master. You know, yeah. And uh, again, without cell phones, you know, we had to use pay phones to contact our family and our girlfriends and stuff. You know, we used to get those phone cards and. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd pull into the truck stop and call your grandma on Thanksgiving or whatever. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a more innocent time. I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reading maps and folding maps. Or how about those old map books? Remember the big, huge books? Like you turn yeah, the page. That's what we had, yeah, yeah. Keep it on, keep it under the seat. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, like I said, the, the first time we ever pulled into, Pittsburgh, you know, there's like 50 bridges in that town, you know, and of course we take the wrong one and we end up on a wrong way street, uh, one way street. And then you have to go back. We went back and forth across these bridges in Pittsburgh for like a, an hour, you know, just uh, <laughs> trying to figure out which, which was the right bridge. And then we finally got to the club, you know, like 20 minutes before we were supposed to go on. And, um, you know, that was, that wasn't all that uncommon. So, yeah. Uh, 
So I don't really have too much sympathy for <laughs> uh, for the kids out there touring today. How about, but, did, did uh, you get to this part of the conversation with him where you couldn't promote your gigs on Twitter and Instagram? You had to actually go out and hand out flyers? Oh, yeah. We would stand in the parking lot. We'd wait till like, uh, nightclubs were closing and people were getting in their cars. And we would stand in the parking lot, yeah, passing out flyers. We had to go to Kinko's. And uh, I was a pro at, at flyers. I could I could slap them together pretty, pretty good. And um, yeah, you know. And then you'd have to I'd ride my skateboard all over Arizona State University, like tacking up flyers um, on the bulletin boards. And um, it was it was work, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, we always it's like I say something I always wanted to do, be in a band. And uh, when I Ended up in Jim Blossom's. I I felt like this, this is special, you know. It's it's a it's a real band. It's a working band, and uh, I've always been really proud to be a part of it. Jim Blossom's. Uh, Robin Wilson is with us from Jim Blossom's uh, tomorrow night. Made a music festival should be amazing. Details and info up at whn.com. This is what I want to ask you, Robin. I've always wanted to ask uh, somebody this, and this kind of just came up at the right time for me. What is it like for you guys when you're hitting those? those huge successful moments that you guys hit with the gin blossoms early on in your career where, like you said, you were, you were a wizard flyers where like you're in a band and you're the flyer guy and you're writing the songs and you're performing, but you're the flyer guy. And this one's the, you know, club contact guy. And this one, you know, make sure the album covers are cool. If you're putting out some independent stuff, what is it like when you're first starting to hit success and suddenly you don't, get to design the flyers anymore and you don't, you know, or album artwork is there's a whole art department. What is that like of letting go of some of those, you know, things that you had control over or, you know, because there was nobody else to do it. You guys were just doing it yourselves in the early days. What is it like to go through that transitional time period? It's pretty frustrating actually, because you, when you sign a major label and all of a sudden you've got people telling you what your logo should look like. And um, I'll never forget when Municipal Experience, they put together this album cover that just sucked and we didn't, we didn't like it. And I, I remember calling our product and saying, yeah, we really don't like the cover. And she's like, well, we do. And I'm like, well, it's our band. And she's like, yeah. And I'll never forget this moment. She said to me, well, you really don't know anything about marketing. And I just was like, God, F you, geez, Louise. You know, I swear, we're talking and there's nothing we can do about it. Oh, man, are you there? I just, you just dropped out. Oh, uh, I'm still here. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah. So she said you had, you didn't know yeah. anything about marketing? Yeah. Yeah. I was very. You know, and I had uh, I had said to her, you know, we've worked our whole lives to make this record, and you're telling me that we don't get to like the cover. And she said, "Well, I did wish you would just see it our way." And I was like, "God, this sucks," you know. Wow. What was it like? Because uh, I know you guys have uh, the new record out, Mixed Reality, has been out for uh, I think about almost a year now. Um, yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. yeah. What was it like working with Don Dixon? Because I know you're a fan of that 80s, late 80s era of uh, of alt rock. 
Oh, sure. Uh, Don Dixon and Mitch Easter, together they produced the first three REM records. And then Don went on to produce Marshall Crenshaw and uh, the Smithereens. These are all groups that you know really affected uh, my path as a, a musician and a songwriter and Jim Blossoms as a whole. So it was really cool to be in the studio with Don Dixon. And once we had hired him, he suggested that we go to Mitch Easter's studio and record with Mitch. So you know, you got Don kind of buzzing around the studio. What do you need? How's that? Can you hear this? You know, how do you feel? Is the song going, you know, he's a really high energy, very talkative. And Mitch Easter just standing there in the corner, just as cool as ice, uh, really quiet and just so much gravity around him. And, uh, just just thrilling to record with those guys you know and knowing that you're working with veterans at that level you know we really wanted to impress them so we played well and uh the the result is on tape you know it's it's our i think our best certainly our best record since new miserable experience and um you know just as a veteran group 30 years in to sort of reach a creative high point was really gratifying yeah, Mega Pawn King sounds like it could have been on any REM record, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But but you got great tracks that are kind of like all over the place, like like mood wise, like uh, Break and Face the Dark are super good, and Fortunate Streets really good, and um, there's a lot of good stuff. I I, I agree. Although I liked uh, I liked No Chocolate Cake. I thought No Chocolate Cake was really good too. You know, that was a good. That's, record. A, that's just that's a solid record, sure. But uh, you know, there's something about Mixed reality, it, it, it's definitely a, a, a level above some of our other albums. You know, it's it's a really solid piece of work, and uh, I'm super proud of it. You know, and again, to have recorded with Don Dixon and Mitch Easter, to have written some of our best songs, uh, everybody put in great performances, and uh, and also it's got the coolest album cover that we've ever done. So, uh, just across the board, it was it's a very satisfying record yeah. yeah i like the the heartache compromise hi-fi rock and roll on the front i like that it's a nice touch <laughs> yeah so that that speaks to my experience making the record you know that's why i, I put that on there uh you know what, what does this album contain well it contains a buttload of heartache and compromise you know and uh, that's how you make a record as a band you know i'm i'm not a solo artist I don't get to boss everybody around and, uh, you know, decide everything. You know, it's it's a process of, of compromise and collaboration. It's really good. Mixed Reality is out now. Uh, tomorrow night, May Day Music Festival should be amazing. Robin, thank you again, my friend. This was uh, a lot of fun for me. Great. Uh, thank you, Anthony. I'm looking forward to the show and... Uh, yeah, I'll be doing a show here on Long Island where I live. Go figure. So uh, <laughs> looking forward to it. Thank, thank you very much for helping to promote the show. And I'll be there in time to see Steve Earle. There you go. I'll be there, too. So uh, we got to grab a photo together. That'd be great. All right. You Sounds have a good. great day. Rock away. You too, dude. All right. There goes Robin Wilson of the Gin Blossoms. I like that, by the way. Rock away, he said. That's, that's a good one. That's a new one. See? Rock stars. That's like rock on is like that's so old, that's so passe. He just said rock away. I like that for two reasons: it encourages you to continue to rock all the way, 
today. And also it's a place in Queens. So and thirdly, the Ramones seem to love it a lot. So there you go. Rock away. think uh, Robin is on to something there. Gin Blossoms, Steve Earl and the Dukes, Brian Fallon, Jesse Mallon, and the entire lineup all day long music starting at noon. Cassandra House, Easy Chief, Funkin' A, His Boy Elroy, Martini Garden, Miles Sedaton, Quarter Horse, Sound Swell. So excited about it. They got two stages of music. They have an unbelievable food truck lineup over there. They have plenty of craft beer from the Blue Point Brewing Company and wines from local vineyards out here. Pindar and Castello di Borghese. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, food trucks, Eat Me, Drink Me, always one of my faves. Love those guys. Chitty Cheesesteaks, Billy Jeans, Best Burgers Around, Brock Enzo, Neapolitan Pizza, couple of barbecue trucks, Bullseye Barbecue and Smoke Rings Barbecue. Farm to Truck's going to be there. Island Empanada going to be there. They'll have an ice cream truck as well. Kids activity area. It's going to be a good time. The May Day Music Festival tomorrow. Details and info up at WEHM.com. My thanks to Robin Wilson of the Gin Blossoms for getting us a little bit closer to the music on the morning show with Anthony.